Welcome to the Betterism Podcast, a learning community seeking out life's unusual lessons from its unlikely places. I'm your host, Glenn Binger, author, teacher, and coach, and I'm here to help spark some collective growth. I hope you'll stick around and teach us a thing or two, but first, a few words from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Mito Life. Mito Life is a health and wellness brand. Um, they feature all kinds of health and wellness products. They focus mostly on supplements. They have everything from vitamin E, vitamin C, NADs, vitamin K. Personally, I'm a huge fan of their Shilajit tablets. I put some in my coffee every morning to help me think a little more clearly, process things smoothly, that sort of thing. Um, but again, they they kind of focus on all across all health and wellness products. Um, their goal is to be innovative and effective, trying to help people become less stressed, uh, more energized, and live happier lives. Um, I do also recommend checking out their podcast, Mito Life Radio. The host and owner, Matt Blackburn, does a really great job in educating listeners and, and his audience about what supplements are right for them. Um, you can find them online at mitolife.co. That's M-I-T-O-L-I-F-E.co. And if you use promo code Betterism, you can get 15% off all of their products. And there's no restrictions there. Um, again, that's mitolife.co, promo code Betterism for 15% off. Please go check them out. They do a really great job in educating and sharing the knowledge. And I think that is a lost art this day and age. Meetalife.co. Check them out. All right, friends. Hi. Welcome to Betterism Podcast. I'm your host, Glenn. Uh, today, first inaugural guest, we got a special one. His name is Craig Atkinson. Uh, he's of Five O'Clock Zines and his brand new podcast, Readings from Tokyo. Welcome to the show, Craig. Thank you, Glenn. I'm, it's nice to be here. I'm um, so happy to have you on, be our first guest. I figured we would, uh, we would start a little niche area. You are a zinester and i believe that's where we yes. first connected on instagram um but we can kind of start there and kind of what brought you to the zine culture and how you started i guess where five o'clock kind of came from yeah well um i guess i was first i guess introduced to the zine culture around roughly around 20 years ago um i was in a band and one of those band members um was was into zines um he was writing his own zine uh, and we started a band zine. Um, I contributed a little bit, but I mainly helped with the folding and the stapling and things like that. Um, but like, uh, he also at that time, he uh, introduced me to Comet Bus, which is something now that has been in my life for roughly about 20 years. Comet Bus, he's the classic. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I've, I've had at least one of his zines in my, uh, in my, on my bookshelf for uh, what, close to 15 years now and something like that. I believe that he was my introduction to the zine culture as well. Uh, in college, yeah. one of the first ones I found and kind of, kind of saw that. And I believe we were talking about this in one of our previous tries at recording here, but, uh, he was one of the first ones to kind of show me that you didn't need to be traditionally classically trained to publish your writing. Yeah, that's what he did for me as well. That's what he did. Um, you know, like uh, like I said, when I first was introduced to him, I was just out of uh, high school. And in high school, you do a lot of um, 
syllabus reading of the classics and things like that, um, mm-hmm. David Copperfield and stuff. And, uh, and I just like, I guess I had a little, like I had a small burning desire to do some writing back then. But when, when you're introduced to the classics, if you're not, if you're not already writing, it's a really, it feels like a really large step to sort of take. So it was, yeah, it was nice to, uh, to, to, to learn about Combat Boston and to break those barriers, I think. Yeah. Uh, and you know, seeing that it, it, it removes the gatekeeping, right? Like that's for me, I can't speak for both of us, but for me, that was, that was the time in my life when I picked up that, that first zine. And I realized like, you don't, like I said, like you don't need to be classically trained to publish your work. Whereas, you know, your whole life, you're, you're used to reading the, the things in school that everyone else reads, you know, the, the Mark Twain and the Shakespeare and all of these things, not to discredit them in any way, but, you know, they're very traditional and they went through like traditional publishing methods. Whereas when you're, when you're working on a zine, like, you know, like you go through that initiation phase of, of cutting and stapling and, and pasting and, and rearranging each page until it fits you know, standing at the, standing at the copier and <laughs> trying to make everything fit mm-hmm. in one page. Um, of course. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, it now, takes out a lot of, a lot of those gatekeepers, like you say. And also I like, it also takes out a lot of financial um, sort of stress. Uh, I guess you could use that word, you know, recently like uh, with Amazon and print on demand and stuff, it's, it's a little bit of a different landscape, but you know, when, when I think we're roughly the same age, when we were a little bit younger, like when we were younger, like that wasn't available um and zines were the only uh available um medium to be able to sort of do that yeah and it you know back then too i I feel like it it took a little bit more effort than it does now not again not to discredit it but in a sense that you know you could sit there and paste together your whole you know your 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 um what's it called your your top copy and realize halfway through making you know your your copies that you messed up one of the page numbers and you have to go back and mess up and that's why you realize you see all of these uh like punk diy zines that kind of like you know this is the work and this is going out i don't care what it looks like you know of course that's only one yeah. subsidiary of what zine culture is but it is definitely morphed along with the times as well as you know the independent self-publishing that programs like amazon offer so yeah like i, I um even to this day, I, I don't do any of my zine making on a computer. Um, I do, I, uh, I, I guess I do my writing on a computer, but I, um, I don't really know how to use uh, any sort of page spread or page formatting or anything like that. So I just print it out. Uh, I, I usually pull in the margins. I, I might put it on like a, on a word, on word, uh, mm-hmm. on a word app, yep. and I will just push in the margins and then print it down the center of a page. And then I will, um, I will usually take a couple of tries to get the right sort of margin size. And then I just cut and glue it onto like some master copies from there. <laughs> right. And that's, you know, that's definitely the, that's the way I grew up doing it. The old school way. It's <laughs> the only way I know. And, uh, uh, I know like the last couple ones that I've made, I used Google slides as my like manuscript layout and it helped. Mm-hmm. It, do, it did not help too much with the cover, but as far as like laying out the the image work, it was a lot easier than, you know, standing there with the scissors and the glue stick. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it does. I'm sure it's extremely helpful. And, and look, I think, um, you know, people that are able to do that, like, there's a, you know, there's a lot. I'm, I'm just an old man who 
not very good with with uh, a lot of the computer work. But uh, you know, people that are able to do that, I'm sure it cuts out a lot of that that messy sort of time that you know that I go through. I have to print a couple of times, and oh no, it's, I need to make it smaller, or I need to do sure. this, and yeah, so it's. Yeah, I'm sure they I, I consider them very lucky. <laughs> <laughs> so 20 years. So, I mean, you know, that's that's 20 years of experience. Is there is there any big takeaway lessons or things that you've learned from that? I mean, it doesn't even have to be related to like making a zine, so to speak. But like, is there a takeaway that you pulled from that experience that kind of led you to where you're at now with five o'clock zines? Um, I think for... For like any sort of form of philosophy that I have on life, I would have to probably go back even further. And um, I think it's a little bit cliche. It sounds sounds a little bit cliche nowadays. I think there's a lot of people talking about this, but I do truly believe in this is is skateboarding. Uh, You know, I sort of grew up skateboarding from around about age five or six, Mm -hmm. Uh, not like every day or anything at that age, at that age. Um, But once I got into my teens, I I sort of did every day. Um, But I think, you know, uh, it said a lot, but, you know, like the skateboarding tricks, you know, you do hundreds of times and it, you, you mess up, you know, like 99% of that time until you finally land that trick. And then you start to work out the, I guess, the mechanics of doing that trick. And I think that's something that, you know, that's how I also see the five o'clock zine thing and even the making of the zines, like, I just try to improve or like understand what I went, what went wrong, maybe that, 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 that time before, and then just keep trying to build on that. Yeah. It's kind of like expanding. I love that metaphor comparing it to skateboarding, right? Like you have, you, you reach a certain trick and you perfect it a certain way, but then you add some sort of adaptation to it and it kind of forces you to kind of reshape what you've learned and kind of use it to grow and build upon it. Yeah, it does. And like, even, but even like to get to the, you know, the first steps of landing that first trick, you know, there's, you fall and fail like hundreds of times. And I think like with, you know, the mini videos that I do, I, um, I, I'm not happy with all of them. You know, it's, it's hard to compact like someone's, someone's entire zine into like a one minute. Um, And, but I keep trying to get a little bit better and a bit more precise with what I say and when, and maybe like the, the aspects that I, I try and quickly point out on the, in, in the video. And, you know, sometimes that even at one minute video, it might take me 15 times just to get right. Like I'll, I'll mess it up after 10 seconds or 30 seconds or, or I'll try to record and it's going just too long. So, sure. um, it takes a lot. Sometimes it takes like a yeah, 15, 20 times just to get that one minute video, right? <laughs> yeah. It's a learning process, you know? And that's, that's, I mean, that's what life is, right? You find something that you're into and you kind of learn to kind of hone in. I mean, that's why I'm, that's why I'm doing this podcast. I want to get better at public speaking. That's, that's yeah. my main goal. Right. Um, I mean, the, the good thing is, you know, you're not falling and busting open your knee or something. You're getting a paper cut making scenes or, you know, you have to go back and re-edit your, your video or your audio file a couple times, but, you know, with the right mindset, you're, you're learning from that experience. You're kind of growing. And, you know, I think you and I are both the kind of people that almost kind of see how that applies to the bigger picture outside of what the project is that you're working on. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, yeah, I, I, I do see that. And also I just think that's, um, you know, that's one aspect of life that's, 
it's nice to carry on to just keep uh you know it could be and it can be anything you know and like you say you can bring it to any aspects of your life it's it's just nice to keep trying to you know just do that a little bit better or just um try that little bit harder the next time or something like that right so let's let's make the segue then um i know right before everything kind of went haywire with uh coronavirus and covid um you were in the process of building a zine library right so that's yes. kind of like I see that as an evolution as as your work and your your uh commitment to the community can you talk a little bit about that and kind of what brought you to that landscape yeah well i guess it's the same as the the reason i started the videos you know like uh before starting the videos i had roughly 50 zines or something and it was um I was like, why don't I just do something with this and just make a one minute video? It doesn't take a lot of my time in the mornings. And then that's what happened with the zine library. It was like, well, I've got all of these zines now. I've probably got around 250 or something like that. Uh, and they were all on the shelf. And I was like, well, like actually someone I know was like, oh, do you mind if I borrow a couple of them? And I was like, yeah, no, no problem. Like I've read them and I, I will revisit some of them and I do sometimes, uh, but I, I can't revisit all of them at the same time. Yeah, sure. And uh, I was like, why don't I actually, um, why don't I make a zine library out of it? And I just sort of got a couple of cardboard boxes and then slowly just tried to put them into uh, categories or sections like, you know, photography zine and poetry and, and uh, yeah, that was the next step uh, before the coronavirus was, to take it out to um to take it out to places. I'm also uh, I also a big fan of coffee. Uh, I sort of I guess you'd say you know like sort of studied it a little bit and learned to make it the roasting process and stuff like that. And I thought, well, if I combine, you know, slinging coffee and uh, the zine library together, then maybe I can I can you know I um I can take it out for a day. I can sell some cups of coffee and people can just look through the zine library for free. Yeah. Sounds like the makings or beginnings of a little small business you got going there. I love that. Yeah, That's well, uh, you know, granted, it's it's a little uh, kind of haywire at the moment, so you're kind of stuck in limbo. But I think once you get that going, I mean, you're going to encounter like we just talked about so many different little learning curves. You're going to have to kind of, which I'm sure you're already experiencing. You're going to have to kind of dig through as you're kind of building that. Yeah. Well, I um this year I will before the coronavirus um. This year, my plan was to go sort of, uh, was pull back on work, like sort of part time, more of a part time position of where I'm at, where I was full time last year. And uh, mm -hmm. also just do another little bit of part time work and try to run the library like once a week or once or at least once a month or something, just try and get it out there. Um, and then, yeah, there's, 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 uh, the breaks have been put on that a little bit, but we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens in the future. It's, it's still cool. I mean, in my mind, I see that as a little, you know, homage, respect to the, like we were talking about, I think in one of our previous recordings before we got this to work, a little homage to the culture, right? You're trying to give back to the community and kind of share other people's work in a venue. It's the same thing you're doing with your YouTube channel and your Instagram page. You know, you're, you're showing people that there is a doorway that is not your typical traditional publishing you can share your work there's people out here that are gonna want to read it mm -hmm. give you feedback swap zines you know and they respect that and i think that's a beautiful thing yeah like i guess yeah that's uh, you know like i'm in it so sometimes you don't see you know the forest from the trees sort of thing so yeah i guess so like i i, I it just feels like 
it feels like sometimes like the actions that I take just feels like the next, the next step that should be done. I don't really like, you know, it's something that I, I guess now I can look back and go, Oh yeah, of course. Like, you know, I, I got all these zines, like, you know, I bought some zines from people and did some zine swaps and yeah, of course I would make videos about it. And then it's like, Oh, of course, you know, once I got 200 and 250 or 300 zines, of course I just make a little library out of it. But when you do it, you're just like, Oh, well, like, why don't I just do this? This is, yeah. Like I don't really, I don't really see it as like, I just want to keep yeah, getting other people's zines out there for, for, for people to read. Like it's, uh, you know, and that's, I guess it's something like, that's something that I would like if someone did for my zine, you know what I mean? Like yeah, oh, if, if they share it with someone or tell someone about it, or even just post a photo somewhere and say, Oh, look, I got this cool little zine and, you know, I enjoyed the read. Thanks very much, Craig. And that's just sort of what I do for people as well. Like, it's just like, like you do what you'd like to see in the world, I guess. Right. And it's not, you know, I mean, you know, the old adage, the, there's, there's no writing, uh, no money in writing to begin with mm. same culture. And that's like it to me, it's something you're doing, not for money, not for fame, fortune, followers, whatever it is, you're doing it because you love to do it. Right. You, yeah. you're learning how to, how to build, a zine library because that's something that you're passionate about right yeah like uh, you- like even to go back to sorry just to jump in but even to go back to yeah, like yeah. who we started with comet boss that guy is is huge in the zine world in the zine community he's huge he's been writing a zine zine for i don't know 40 years or something like that like since the 80s yeah. um Incredible. but his latest zine was five dollars like he's not he's not trying to make millions off this community he's he could, he could, I would buy his, I would buy his latest zine for, for 10, maybe, maybe even $15. I would definitely buy yeah. it for 10, but he's like, yeah. I'm just going to sell for five. Like he's, his last, his last uh, nine, eight, nine or seven or eight, nine issues have all been like three, four, five dollars still. Like they're just, <laughs> he's not trying to, it's, yep. it's just inflation. He's not trying to make millions out of it. Right. Exactly. He's doing it to cover his costs and he's doing it because he loves the art yeah. he loves putting that art out into the world and when it comes down to it i mean that's that's what all art really should be of course you know the way culture is kind of um uh, i guess unbalanced right now it's not doesn't necessarily seem that way but i think there's more people out there that see it that way than people who do not yeah like even those classics like we talked about the the introduction of uh, the classics like from from the high school and such and the thing is like now they looked at classics, but in their time, you know, like some of those, uh, I think, uh, Gatsby, you know, great, the great Gatsby, I think it was, it sold like nothing in its time. Yeah. Like he, I think he's lucky to sold, lucky to have sold like a thousand copies or some ridiculous number like that. Like, but now it just sells, yeah. sells a thousand a month or something like that. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And then once, you know, once the school started buying it, that was kind of it. Yeah. We just, and you know, that's one of those books too, that is very, um, it's centered in its time. Right. Mm. My wife and I just, we just rewatched the the movie the other day uh-huh. with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio in it. And we were, you know, we were commenting on like, Oh, this scene was different than the book. This is how I saw it. You know, you kind of, you kind of look at it and you watch the movie and the movie came out and I don't know, 2013, 2014, like not recently, but they tried to modernize a take on what the great Gatsby was. Right. And I respect that as an art form, 
but at the same in the same venue like the only reason that was able to kind of go out there and, and they were able to make get a third or fourth movie about that is because of the traction it's picked up after generations of being taught in school mm. right and just because someone's not being taught in schools like you know comic bus for example mm. doesn't mean that the art is any or should be any less value nah, you that guy is doing it because he loves to do it and he's still learning that's that's the beautiful part he's still learning about the process and and how to kind of put it out there and, and you know please his fans in a way where he's not trying to take advantage of them yeah and i and i think like he um and he like like especially the last few issues he really dives into you know, he dives into issues that are that are important to the community like you know he had an issue uh i think uh issue 56 is like uh about booksellers like just secondhand booksellers and like the next issue after that i think it was it must be 57 is like comic book artists and things like that like he's 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 talking about you know issues that are important to the to the community the zine the zine community and his latest one yeah. is um where's his latest one i've got my library not just just very close to me uh like his latest one was all about um you know like the 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 music industry like this the the uh uh, what are they called? The record labels and things like that. Some of the punk record labels, and you know, he re- I think he writes about stuff that's it's also very um, informative for you know letting the young kids know, but also yeah. letting you know like just diving into uh, I guess things that revolve around like punk and zine culture. It's so funny. Like now that we're kind of talking about this, like it kind of makes me think. I mean, that's that is the essence of what a blog was before blogs were around. Yeah. Right. Like he kind of logging, you know, quote unquote, logging his thoughts, um, sharing his knowledge and his wisdom with his, with his following in a sense that the same way a blog operates these days, Mm. you know, that's, I mean, that's fascinating. Okay. So let me ask you, what is one takeaway that you've learned from Comet bus can be about Dean's doesn't have to be, but one thing that you've kind of taken away from being a fan of Aaron Cobbett. Uh, I think uh, like he's stayed in his, his, um, not so much wheelhouse, but he stayed in like he's uh, in the zine community. Like he would have had, like even in the past, like maybe before, uh, let's say five years ago, I think he was, he was extremely popular at some stage and he, where he started to go, the shape of his zines were a little bit more like a book format. And I think he could have easily stepped out of the self-publishing or the small press sort of game and went, went to something a little bit bigger, but he's mm-hmm. sort of, he's stuck to his, um, his ethics, I guess you'd say. And, and like, uh, and he sort of stayed in that, in that place. So I think that's, like we talked a little bit about before about like, you know, get, making yourself better and getting better and improving and things like that. And, but he shows that you can, you can still stay in your community and still improve yourself. It doesn't mean that you have to like go to uh, like, uh, what's the, uh, I can't think of the word exactly, but like, uh, like you, you don't have to like go to like consumerism sort of levels or anything. You can, just stay in that place. You don't, you know, you can still improve. Right. You can improve in the channel you're in without 
switching around. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's that's a better way to put it. Like, it's kind of, I feel like it's it's very challenging to do these days too. You know, with the with the variety of platforms that you have that an artist has available. You know, between blogs and Instagram and YouTube and Reddit and w- whatever your chosen path is, like, you know, the 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 common advice is to like create your brand, right? And like, you got to be on all platforms. But I think what it what I kind of take away from what you're saying is that you don't have to do that in order to improve. You can stay in one of those channels and improve and hone your craft how you wish to, right? Like you don't have to follow the advice that's been shoved down your throat for years and decades and years. Yeah, that's, that's, that's right. And like, uh, I haven't, I read it a long time ago and I don't, I don't recall the details, but when I, but have you heard about the article that I think, Chase Jarvis wrote about a thousand, a thousand fans or a thousand, a thousand great fans. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Kevin Kelly, one thousand true yeah, fans. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Um, uh, so like, you know, Comet Bus is sort of living by that. He's like, well, yeah, I could probably like now. He probably gets advice from a lot of people like, you should jump on Twitter, you should jump on Instagram, you should do this, you should do that. And he's like, look, I'm pretty happy with my just small little loyal fans that know that my zine comes out and then the word just gets through the zine community. Like, Oh, Comet Bus has got a new one out. Come on. Like within, like, yeah. no one knew like this recent release, no one knew. And then I saw a little, uh, tweet from like Quimby's bookstore or something like, Oh, Comet Bus just dropped this off. And it's like, and the, all of a sudden the world's just like, what? So I think he sort of just lives by like, you like, yeah, like you say, the common advice is jump on every platform and try and get your name and spread it around and spread it around. But, like, maybe it's better just to just focus on, like, your thousand great fans or something. Or even if that number's 100 or 10. You know, if you've got 10 readers of your zine, just, just worry about those 10 people that actually care about what you're saying and not, oh, no, but I need to build and I need to make this great. And Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that that's how I see it. You know, that number is definitely subjective. Mm. Doesn't have to be a thousand, a hundred. I mean, it could be three, yeah. right? Whatever that number is, you're trying to you're trying to improve your craft for that number. Those five people, those ten people, whatever it is, right? Because ultimately, once you have those relationships, I mean, it's like any other relationship. You want to do your best to maintain mm. it, and you don't want to, you know burn any bridges there and that sort of Granted, comes back to my uh, comes back to my instagram channel you know I, I i've often thought like maybe i should post other stuff on the on the main feed but it's like well people come here just to watch you know like zine reviews like why 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 yeah. change that just just do keep doing what you're doing like and i don't i don't do any like i think there's there's maybe some ways that i could try to promote the five o'clock zine brand more or you know like using different hashtags and that but i just use this like just zine review and just zine making like there's some very simple stuff that i just i just keep my, my the channel very simple and and you know people find yeah. it and they they find it if they don't they don't and i'm just there just trying to promote other people's zines like you know that's uh, people and people are always happy about it. like thanks for the review man thanks thanks and i'm, I'm yeah man Dude, that is, and that is the heart of it. You know, like you're, you're doing your thing for the community and you didn't get, you didn't find the success that you found by playing the Instagram game or the YouTube game. I mean, your success, I, and this is very much why I connected with you in the first place is it's so authentic in what you're doing and how you're doing it. 
you're not trying to you know feed the algorithm and get more likes yeah, no, more I, comments like yeah. you're, you're you're just trying to promote other people's yeah. work and that ties so closely to what the zine culture really is mm. about right you're you're trying to provide a platform for people who wouldn't otherwise normally have a platform i mean if we're being honest it is really hard to start a zine and to spread it and distribute it these yeah. days i mean there's so many avenues of distraction out there between netflix and youtube even like but i'm sitting next to my bookshelf i have a stack of 13 15 books here that i'm waiting yeah. to read right but right next to that i have a pile of zines in the same yeah. way right and it's not to say that i don't want to support all of those zinesters out there but you know everyone knows time time is a yeah. commodity you have to use it wisely and how you're growing that platform is a beautiful thing I think people it's providing people with the opportunity to have a say, but also kind of learn something from what you're doing and what it really means to make a zine and, and call yourself an yeah, artist. Thanks man. Yeah. Well, I just, you know, I just put a few minutes into it every morning. Like I, um, I've got two kids, so I don't have a lot of free time at all. And I get a full-time job and like, like many, yeah. many people that are probably listening. Um, so I just get up a lot earlier than my family does. And, and that's where I get, um, you know, my zine reading done. And that's where, that's really where the name comes from. Five o'clock zines. You know, I make the videos about five o'clock in the morning and, uh, just every morning I dedicate five, 10, 15 minutes to some zine reading. And then once I finish the zine and I make a video about it, I just keep it really, really simple. <laughs> yep. And that's, that's what zines yeah. are. So if you don't mind me asking, how old are your kids? Uh, nine and three. Nine and three. So are they are are they old enough to appreciate? I mean, it might be it might still be a little young for this, but to appreciate the difference between like what makes a book and what makes a zine. Um, not not yet, I would say. Um, my son, like you know, like I'm living in Japan and that, and my son's pretty. Um, my my son's you know a typical sort of nine year old boy. They're both boys, so he's pretty. Um, sure. He's pretty like he's just into just I guess just sort of playing sports he's not playing sports and just like hanging out with his friends and stuff like that he does love manga he's yeah. a big manga fan um so he's it's nice to see him sitting there reading comic books and things like that uh but he's he doesn't get it yet but he will i think he will soon he will soon right and you know of course like you know that doesn't always guarantee that your kids are gonna end up doing the same thing oh, as yeah, well exactly. too. But, but i do think that um seeing me like i don't i don't watch tv so seeing me probably sitting in the lounge room always sort of like reading reading a novel or looking at something then i i do hope and i feel that that rubs on them a little bit um it is nice to see him you know like taking the option of you know just sitting down reading a manga or something like that instead of maybe a plethora of other things he could be doing um so I, I, sure. I do feel that, you know, some of the reading does rub off on them at the, at the moment. And so that's, that's quite a nice thing. Yeah. Hey, you know what? As long as they're reading. Yeah, exactly. A, yeah. I don't, I don't care if he's reading manga or not, I, as long as he's reading. Yep. That'll evolve. You yeah. Know. But also like yeah, here in Japan, like they even, um, you know, even history books are, are in manga format, you know, like they're reading, you know, they read history in, in uh, elementary school in in manga format so it's not it's it doesn't matter really here <laughs> really all right so uh why don't we let's switch yep. gears 
Um, can we talk a little bit about your um, your new podcast, Readings from Tokyo? Maybe where that started, what kind of brought you to that path, what you're learning, what kind of troubles or obstacles you're currently experiencing. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, yeah. So um, I guess uh, where did the, I don't really know where that started from. I think um, actually in my teens, I, I, I was a big fan of radio. I did a little bit of student radio. Um, and cool. also, like, I was a big fan of movies. I used to do a lot of editing in, um, like, my last few years, especially high school, I focused on, um, like, making films and things like that. So, um, but yeah, I was always a big fan of radio, and I, I've, I've uh, listened to podcasts for, like, a, a good number of years. Um, and I always wanted to sort of make one, but uh, I, I don't, like... Current the current podcast I make is just on my phone through my headphones with the microphone, um, mm-hmm. and it's all very simple. <laughs> like I guess the main word for me is simple. It's all very simple, you know. Um, and I I just keep it that way, and I think that's uh that's the thing I like about it. You know, I just I start I'm actually reading you know work from the people's zines. Uh, I get I, I contact them and get some permission and say would you like would you mind if i read some of your work and they're like oh yeah cool so that's sort of what i'm what i'm doing i guess uh so do you prefer the audio over the video or Uh, like which do you have a preference to making the, the the videos on youtube and instagram or making the podcast um i i don't have a preference um i wish i had a more of an uh, editing facility. I don't, I don't really have any way to edit it. Like even my, um, you know, my podcast, I actually just read it straight. I just, I like the videos. It takes, I, I maybe mess up a couple of times, like two, three, four times. Um, but yeah. then I just, I just record it straight. I just have to go for it. And if I make a small little, uh, small little reading mistake or something like that pronunciation. I just try and try and fix it straight away or maybe go back over the line. Um, I, I do wish I had that. I wish I had the, um, the, the, like a, I guess like an app or some sort of uh site or something I could sort of edit more on and, you know, it'd be nice to put music and stuff, but yeah, at the moment it's just very, it's very straight. It's very plain and simple. Hey man, if it's you know if it's not broken, don't fix yeah, it. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. That's how that's how Firefox is built. Might as well keep yeah, going. Yeah, I it. guess so. I guess so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do like audio. I I I like all of the mediums. I guess. Um, I'm a big fan of all of them. The the videos, you know. Recently, I've started doing uh, interviews with Ryan. Um, from my name is Ryan. He makes Pocket Thoughts zines, and uh, we're just through Skype. Yep. We're doing um, interviews uh with other zinesters. Uh, we've got one today actually. <laughs> Um, and we just, uh, Ryan cool. edits it a little bit and then we just, we just put it up on YouTube. So it's, it's all, uh, it's all happening at the moment, all mediums. <laughs> all right. So, uh, let's, well, since you're, and I guess I'm in the same boat as this, but, uh, I'm going to pose the question to you. Um, what is one piece of advice that you have for somebody who's trying to start a podcast or video platform? Um, I guess I just say do it. Like I just, um, I think, you know, it comes to go back to the analogy of skateboarding, you know, like it, it, you, you, like it just comes from practice. It just comes from just trying and trying and trying and trying and, and just like having that first little seed of the idea 
and then just uh, just following through with it. Like, uh, even with when I write, you know, I, I um I uh, often have a small little seat. I find if I don't follow through with that idea and just continue and keep plugging on, then I just I, I start to question myself too much. I don't like to think about things for too long and and let too many questions pose. I just get the idea and just go, okay, I'm going to do it. Like the podcast, you know, the podcast started two weeks ago or something like that. And just before that or around about that time, I saw someone advertising for um, an uh, online radio, uh, an internet sort of radio station, and they're looking for people to do shows. And I just went, yeah, okay, I'll just do it. Mm-hmm. I'll do it. I'll, I'll learn how to do it. And just learn as you go and just just put your hand up and just get involved. <laughs> That's right. Learn yeah. by doing. So you got to experiment, you grow, stay in your channel, you leave your channel. Yeah, and you. I think uh, a lot of people are worried about, ah, oh, but what happens if like people don't like it and I get all these, you know, especially now that sometimes on, uh, you know, some of the social platforms, you can get a lot of haters and things like that. But look, when, when you start something, oh, yeah. there's nobody listening or watching anyway. Don't care. Don't worry about it. Like, the the first video I made, like maybe, you know, 10 people saw it in the first two days. Like nobody's watching it. Who cares? Just make it. Yeah. Uh, there is a, I forget the name of the book. There's an author, Jeff Goins. He, uh, he has this whole, one of his blog posts, I guess one of his books might even be about this, but he has this whole thing. He calls it, you know, uh, practice mm. in public, right? You you're trying to you're building your audience at the same time as you are practicing your craft. I mean, he uses writing as his example, but that's essentially what you're doing. That's essentially what I'm going to try and do with this podcast here, right? I'm going to learn as I go, yeah. kind of tweak it as I need, right? But I mean, that's really <laughs> when it comes down to it, that's all anything is. That's how you get experience yeah. in anything, no matter what your job is, what your interests are. Yeah, like um yeah, like I'm also uh like well my my full-time job is 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 a teacher. And, um, and I teach in front of like 30, 30 people, like the children, but I teach in front of 30 pe- people. And, uh, and when I, when I first started or even, even still to this day, sometimes I'll try new things that I just thought of like right then. And it's like, well, I'm just learning as I go. Like, uh, I will tweak it next time and I will change maybe the wording I use. Um, I will like maybe try to explain it differently or I will find the right vocabulary to use. And it's like, okay, this is the way to do it. So yeah, I also bring that into my, yeah, into, into my work as well. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I'm, so I'm a teacher as well. And I, I find that the two, those mindsets often mm. blend together and they do a very nice job at like complementing mm. each other. Um, no matter what your craft is, of course, you know, you and I are kind of more focused around the, the reading and writing, but that kind of goes anywhere, right? Sports, art, music, whatever yeah, it is. I think so, yeah. Um, yeah, I think so. All right, Craig. So I want to be, uh, I want to be mindful of your time. Um, so the way that I usually kind of wrap up the episodes or I'm planning on wrapping up the episodes at least is a quick little couple Uh, quick fire questions so your responses don't have to be short they can be long if you want they could be short that's up to you um but just kind of nice little way to wrap up okay the podcast the episode all right so first question what are you currently reading and do you like it currently reading uh kafka on the shore by haruki murakami um 
Do I like it? Yes, I, I am enjoying it a lot. Um, I'm about just over halfway through. Um, I actually, this year, I also read his latest one, uh, Killing Commendatory. Um, and I can see a lot mm. of people made the comment, like, you can see he's sort of, that's sort of like his, his best pieces for that uh, Killing Commendatory. And I can see that in Kafka on the shore. And yeah, I am currently enjoying it. Me too. That's yeah, such a, that cool. is such a good book. Um, it was definitely my first entrance to Murakami. <laughs> I've seen my library has grown in his. Yeah. Yeah. Mine was, uh, mine was Norwegian wood. And then uh, some of his short stuff, mm. but also I, somewhere mm. in the middle, I got into um, what I talk about when I talk about running, uh, which I really enjoyed. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one too. Um, I recommend it's it's a monster, so you got to plan for this. But I do recommend. Uh, yeah, actually, the 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 uh, my local um my local my my local dealer, my bookshop dealer. Um, <laughs> he said he said yeah, you got to read that. I've got, I've got him looking for a um a paperback version for me. I said, well, if you can give me a paperback, I'll, I'll read it. Mm. But I'm not going to read a hardcover. It's it's a monster. Yeah. It's it's huge. <laughs> It sits on my shelf right next to Infinite Jest. <laughs> I haven't read you that know. yet. I, that's on my list for like maybe, maybe next year. When when I'm feeling doubtful and I feel like I you know I I can't muster up the energy to start a new book, I look at those two and I'm like, you know what? I've read those two. I can I can do this little yeah. 200 page book. Yeah, that's what I think sometimes too. When I'm I think ah oh, I want I want to read uh, what am I going to read next? And I'm like, well. I find the bigger books I actually go through faster. I read, I read quicker. I don't know why. Like, the, if it's over four hundred yeah. pages, I'll read it like within two weeks. And sometimes a two hundred and fifty page might take me two weeks. It's it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, isn't that funny how that works? <laughs> and then also the last hundred pages I, I read within like a I, like within like a third of the time or something. It's it's just bizarre. It's just. The last hundred pages always yeah, because you're so close. You're like, oh, I'm so yeah, close. I, I just, so. I, I gotta so. finish. Like gotta get through. Just done. You're like, oh, okay, good. I finished. Right. All yes. right. Uh, question number two: What is your favorite meal to prepare and cook? Favorite meal to prepare and cook. Um. Okay, I'm gonna go something really simple. I I do a lot. Of, I sort of do ninety eight percent of the cooking at home. But my favorite one is garlic bread. I love eating garlic bread and I love cooking garlic bread. And you got it. I feel like that's one of those things. Yeah, you got to have I the just, right I touch for love, it. Like, um, you know, getting a big baguette and just, you know, making my, you know, of course making your own little, you know, squashing some garlic and putting some, I love to put salt in it. So it just brings out the flavor and then just, yeah, wrapping the, wrapping the baguette in, in tin foil and putting it in the oven for, I don't know, like six, seven minutes. I love that. God, I love that. I know. Uh, and it I smells know. so good when it's yes. cooking too. And if, like, if you use the, like I've made, I've made my, you know, mistakes with cooking it as well. But if you use the tin foil for like the first, you know, I guess like 80% of the time and then just open it up for a little bit just to crunch it on the outside, it, it really makes the bread so soft. I love that. God. Now I want to eat garlic bread. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's it's eight o'clock in the morning here and I want to eat garlic it's bread. By you too, isn't it? <laughs> All right. Last question. Okay. This one's a little tougher. If you have, uh, what is, well, I should, let me back up. What is one 
big takeaway life lesson that you would like listeners to take with them after listening to this episode? Um, Could be anything. I think just like follow your, follow your, follow your interest. I've heard that said before, and that's something that I try to follow. Um, Follow your interest and that interest can constantly change. Um, You know, that interest can go from, maybe you know enjoying making your own zine to uh to doing swaps and then doing videos about other people's zines and then turning that into a library and then turning that into reading from the zine on a podcast so i think just follow your interest um that's i think it's something that that you've probably done as well like you um you i don't know a lot i don't know, I don't, I don't know a lot about you but i know that you like to read you like to um write you like to, you know, you like your job. You like you said before, you like teaching. So it's sort of like gaining knowledge and then passing knowledge on and then and sort of keeping that loop going. So I think, yeah, I like, you know, follow your interests and and just don't overthink things. That's something I've never really done, which, which you know, I'm not really a, a smart man. But I, I think just don't overthink things. Yeah, and that's always so hard to do, especially when you're trying to, you're trying to learn about something that you're interested in, you know, you want it to be perfect, but at the same vein, like you, you know, you got to have that, that voice inside you that yeah. says enough's like enough. I've got two, two close friends that I, that I've met in the last couple of years and, um, and both of them are, are very good at looking into, um, looking into what they want to do and they'll think about what they want to start or do for a long time and they'll look into it they'll they'll look into it deeply you know they'll do research on it and things like that and they often when once they do produce something it is of of high quality but the the period they take from like i guess the initial seed to producing something can sometimes be a long time so you know it depends on your character but yeah i um i often just try not to i I do very minimal research (laughs) i do very I do next to nothing. I'm like, okay, what's the easiest way to do this? And what's like maybe free? It's usually always free. What's free and what's the easiest way? Okay, I'm going to do that. <laughs> yep. 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 Not, not a lucrative no, business, no, the zine not. culture. And, and that's, that's why, sure. like, you just, you know, and you <laughs> can, there's a lot of options with technology um, uh, that you can, you can produce, you can, you can make stuff. Uh, you know, YouTube videos, podcasts, zines, um, zine reviews on, on all these different platforms for, for, for free. <laughs> free apps for editing, things like that. Yep. Just do it. Yep. And that's, you know, again, that's where you yeah, get your true I fans so, from. Because yeah, you're, you're um, you know, you're doing it from the right spot. <laughs> yep. Mm. You can't buy those. That's for sure. All right, Craig. Well, it's uh, it's been a pleasure having you on. Thank you for being my first guest. This Thank is you, pretty Greg. awesome. Um, where can listeners uh, find you online you can, and connect? You can find me uh, on my main. My main thing, I guess, is uh, Five O'Clock Zine on um on Instagram. F R uh, what is it? F I V E O C L O C K Z I N E. Um, that's where I, I guess I'm contacted the most. Um, uh, I'm on Twitter under my name Atkinson Craig. Um. And then, yeah, my, my, my new little baby, my podcast, um, is called Reading from Tokyo. I think it's it's not on iTunes yet, but it's on all of the other plat, uh, podcast, what's it called? Podcatchers. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's how you can find me. Come and say mm-hmm. hello. Uh, and, yeah. 
All right. Sounds good, Craig. We'll talk again and we'll have to get you on for a second show once I, you know, once I yes, learn yes, my yeah, uh, stomping grounds thing. here. I might have to do the same thing for you in the future. All right. Okay, take, take it Thank easy, you. all right? We'll talk. Later. Well, that's it, friends. Thanks for tuning in. I hope to swing through again. If you'd like to reach out, uh, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us online at medium.com slash betterism. Be better at whatever it is you're building. And remember, friends, stay learning. <laughs>